0: the need to drink alcohol, like literally just, just evaporated like it had never existed. And it was like astounding. And I kept waiting. I kept thinking, Oh, my God, the other shoe is going to drop here. Mm. Like, you know, it's only a matter of days before I'm going to break down and be like, Oh, no, hand me a beer or whatever. Mm. And day after day continued to pass. And I was still working in the restaurant. I was still serving cocktails and you know, opening bottles of wine. And I would literally sit there and look at the cocktails that I was serving. And Mm. just have the realization, I want nothing to do with this. I have no desire for this. Like, it's almost grossing me out. Like, how weird is this that a week ago I would have been begging for this, and now I'm almost, like, finding it kind of repulsive.
1: Welcome, beautiful thinkers. That's a clip from this interview with Eve Colantoni, and she is going to talk about a story about having a problem with alcohol, having an imbalance in various aspects of her life, and starting to discover that you can address these things primarily by going after nutrition, learning that actually sometimes addiction has at its core, or at least as one of its primary factors, an imbalance of chemicals, an inability to develop certain neurotransmitters, and that's how it can be treated, by taking nutritional supplements or by adjusting your nutrition or eventually as she discovers looking at essential oils to help bring the system bring the bodily system into a better balance so that's the the interesting story here and uh, we'll hear more about that in a moment if you would like uh, well if you would like to contact Eve for a consultation you can go to her website it's vivaaroma.com and you can ask her for a free consultation for her expert advice about nutrition and essential oils how they might be able to help you with whatever malady you, you happen to be facing and if you would like some coaching from me uh, to help you look look at your life, ask some questions about what the assumptions are that you're making about your life, how you could adjust your assumptions in order to bring yourself into a happier place, to seek a place of contentment, fulfillment, enjoyment in your life. Then you can head on over to beautiful, beautifulpodcast.com and use the coupon code beautiful2021. You get a 50% discount. Of your first coaching session with me. And let's begin. Let's hear from Eve.
2: This is a beautiful thought.
1: I'm here with Eve Colantoni, and she's gonna tell us a story about addiction and about finding balance in her body and in her life. How are you, Eve?
0: I'm well. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, great to have you. Uh, I'm interested to hear this story. So the story begins around 2005. You're in a relationship and you're also working in a restaurant, which can be a bit of an intense environment. What's what's your work life like?
0: Gosh, you know, I was in my early 30s at that point and I was working in this... uh, it was a steakhouse in Washington DC but it was actually this big power joint funny enough so it was kind of a stressful environment we uh, what, waited a power a joint oh yeah so politicians uh, oh. diplomats you know foreign ambassadors uh, you know news newscasters celebrities oh. yeah kind of a kind of a, a high-end joint in that regard so yeah it was kind of a stressful environment um, as many restaurants are mm-hmm. but yeah uh, I think also around that time frame, you know, being in your early 30s, it's pretty easy to fall into some unhealthy patterns, you know, working too hard, staying up too late, drinking too much, partying too much, that type of thing. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the most healthy lifestyle at all.
1: <laughs> mm. So what time would you wake up in the morning? Or you would know, you wake up in the morning?
0: yes that's that's like the 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 $25,000 question there were days (laughs) when we had to be uh you know there by 10 30 in the morning so Mm -hmm. that sometimes looked like rolling out of bed at like 10 o'clock just enough time to grab a quick shower and brush your teeth and throw on your uniform and be to the uh, restaurant again so Mm
1: -hmm. not
0: not really conducive to a healthy lifestyle at all
1: Mm. yeah and then uh then you get to work, and it's like straight into the kitchen, and you're you know hustling to get everything.
0: Yep, that's it. Very very stressful. You're on your feet and running um, back and forth. Uh, which, you know, getting physical exercise is not a problem. It's just the nature <laughs> of the nature of the business. You know, high stress environment, demanding people. You know, yeah. problems. So yeah, it was it was just stressful in general.
1: Okay, what are your workmates like?
0: You know, at that time. Um, it was interesting because I was one of the few females that worked in the restaurant. Uh, the restaurant mm. had been this interesting place where they didn't hire women for many years, and they had some lawsuit mm. issues. So I was one of the uh, first women that they brought in, actually. So,
1: okay. so it was kind
0: of kind of an old boys club. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, I got along with my coworkers there for for the most part.
1: Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I've—I guess I've—I've I've worked in environments like that where it's like they don't—they don't want to put women on the team because the the men are too out of control and they, they're <laughs> going to cause problems. Which yes. is really backwards.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there were there were lots of stories about the restaurant itself, you know, prior to my arrival. So it was kind oh. of this, yeah, lots lots of things that don't get discussed publicly. But it was kind of uh you know, I think when you're catering to that type of clientele, there's all sorts of things that happen in the back rooms in oh, yeah. the wee hours of the night, you know, <laughs> so, drugs and gambling or whatever else. It was definitely a kind of a crazy, crazy spot.
1: Yeah. Well, I imagine that certain politicians probably can't control themselves.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> did, you know the, did you know those stories before you started working there?
0: You know, not so much. Yeah, it was okay. kind, kind of hidden from view it wasn't until I'd to, to kind of hear. And things had calmed down by the time I had gotten there, too. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, anyhow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what was your relationship like?
0: This was at a time when I think um, I was a very, very unevolved uh, person. I had... Definitely issues with low self-esteem, had really not gotten to know myself as a person, certainly had not found my voice or my purpose in life. So I was still in a series of relationships where, you know, you date somebody and you think that it's probably more meaningful um, you know, to you or you realize it's more meaningful to you than the other person. Mm. And uh, it was it was a sad situation because I think this person I was deeply in love with and mm. I lost so much of myself in this relationship. It was like anything that he needed. I was just the doormat there to to be able to help like, oh, you need your taxes done? Well, I can do your taxes for you. Oh, you need me to cook for you? Oh, you need me to take your laundry for? Oh, oh I can mm. do this. I can do that. You know, and again, it was like constantly trying to prove my worth. Um, Hmm. not recognizing at the time that, you know, that's really not, not a healthy way to, to be in relationships. So unfortunately when it ended, it was just so devastating to me at the time. And it actually turned out to be one of the greatest blessings I've ever been offered. Um, because honestly, what,
1: what, what what was his behavior like in the relationship?
0: Um, You know, I think that he appreciated me. I think that he um, was happy to have me around, but Mm. I wasn't the one that he really wanted to commit to. So Mm. being that I was constantly showing up and being so helpful and whatever, it Mm. was hard for him to say no, even though I think he knew in his heart of hearts, he was not doing the right thing. And he was seeing Mm. other people and not being honest about it and... Yeah, so I don't think that he's really a, a terrible human being. I just think that he was very misguided in his behavior. And thankfully, in years later, we've had the opportunity to, you know, it's been many, many years now, and kind of reconcile what happened between us and he's apologized and all that. And of course I've apologized for my role because I wasn't, you know, innocent in that either. Um, But it was it was a really good thing to happen, I think, in the long run, because it really was the catalyst to a massive, massive life change and overhaul for me.
1: Yeah. Well, in what ways weren't you innocent?
0: Um, Because I think there is some part of me that knew, like, this is ridiculous. I'm, you know, completely bending over backwards to be of service to this person. And I'm recognizing that the energetic exchange in this relationship is just not there. You know, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, when you start to give and give and give so much to a relationship and there's just no reciprocity, um, Mm -hmm. that it's becomes apparent, like, okay, I'm kind of investing in the wrong place here. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So you were trying to force something that, that was really never going to play out the way you wanted it.
0: You know, I was hopeful that it was going to play out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kept holding on to that hope. And mm-hmm. when it became apparent that <laughs> all of my efforts, uh, you know, in trying to build this relationship and trying to invest in this relationship were just not going to, you know, reach any type of fruition. Um, you know, it became apparent, but, uh, it also became apparent when I thought that he had stopped seeing other people and then, uh, it came to light that, he was very much seeing other people so mm-hmm. it's like oh okay time again? to this we were not but we were living very close to each other we had mm-hmm. keys to each other's houses and we uh-huh. would watch each other's dogs you know and there was enough time spent uh, with each other that it it felt like it was going to move in the direction of us moving in together but yeah. ultimately that was not the case
1: i see okay fair enough what was your health like?
0: so I think the the interesting part was I was very unwell and didn't even recognize that I was unwell. Um, mm. I grew up in a medical model where it's like if you got a sniffle or you stubbed your toe, or if anything happened, you would be whisked off to the doctor immediately, and the doctor knew best. So mm. from a very young age, I had started taking all kinds of medications for all sorts of issues. Um, whether it was allergies or acne or asthma or ADHD, depression, anxiety. I just thought, you know, some people are unlucky. Some people have asthma and some people have allergies. And I just happen to have all of these <laughs> conditions. Hmm. So year after year, it was like a new medication was being added to the roster for some new symptom that was coming up. So by the time I was 32, I was on 14 different medications And it never even occurred to me that there was a problem with that at all.
1: Did your doctors ever say anything to you like, well, maybe there's something else going on?
0: Nope. They, again, are, um, I think, very indoctrinated in the medical model. Like, they learn a certain way. And, you know, once a diagnosis has been made and a medication has been prescribed... Um, they think that the, you know, and as long as the symptoms are being mitigated by that medication, then they're perfectly content. They feel like they have done their job. Um, there was only one occasion where something strange happened. Um, Mm. I twisted, uh, I twisted my ankle. So I went in, so this was not my normal doctor that I would be seeing. And when, uh, the doctor came in and she saw me sitting there, she like sort of jumped back a little bit. She said, Oh, oh! I'm sorry. Wait, are you Eve? And I said, Well, yes. And she said, Oh, I'm sorry. I was expecting someone else. And I looked at her and I was like, Well, what do you mean? She said, Well, your your file, your chart is so thick. I was expecting somebody much older, like you know, an elderly person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she was literally thinking that she was looking at you know like 50 years of medical history um, instead of you know five or 10. Um, So she was really taken aback by how thick my chart was and how young I was to be having all these problems. So that always stuck with me. It always stuck in my head. Like I knew right then I was like, gosh, that's really weird. Right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like some, something's not adding up here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So what, like, what did you wonder about that? What questions did you ask?
0: You know what? It still was so mysterious to me at that point, you know, Hmm. like, Oh, what was me? Poor me. I just have all these problems, you know, like, hmm. um, but it never. And again, because I had no other information other than what the doctors were giving me, like, oh, you have this problem, you take this medicine and, and that's it. Um, hmm. It just never that's- even occurred to me that something else could be wrong.
1: I see. So di- did you actually have that victim mentality? Like, oh, like, like life has been so unkind to me, you know, I don't deserve this, that kind of thing.
0: Honestly, because the medications were mitigating uh, each of the individual medical problems that I was having, mm-hmm. um, I did not feel like I was a victim in that regard. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I just, you know, I wear contact lenses. Um, I take my asthma inhaler. You know, it was mm-hmm. no different to me. It was no different. Um,
1: I see. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> you did have the appearance of normalcy in your life due, due to all these, uh, like, put a, fitting all these puzzle pieces in uh, with, in the form of medication. Yeah. Things were reasonably normal. Yes. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess in, in that case, it's like, it's much harder to suspect that, that, that um, whatever is happening, like the model that you're seeing the world through might, might be broken somehow or exactly incomplete. yeah
0: it's it's like the fish that's in water because he's in <laughs> water he doesn't really realize that he's in water it's not until you take <laughs> him out that he's like oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was very much me um and life certainly changed when i uh recognized this and got off of all those medications
1: mm, mm. what did your partner think about, about this medical uh medical i don't know <laughs> trance that you are under.
0: Um, again, I think uh, because so many people just think that there's you know nothing wrong with taking handfuls of medications, and he mm-hmm. actually had his own uh, series of medical problems too. Mm-hmm. So he thought nothing of it and honestly up until that point anybody that i had ever dated never thought anything of it either like oh you have asthma oh you have allergies oh you know okay so you take your medication and you're fine no big deal
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i I guess especially in the united states people do have that they buy in more to to the medical model i suppose
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you only need to turn on the nightly news to see how many pharmaceutical, like, uh, advertisements (laughs) come up, you know, I mean, it's so a part of our society and our culture, like, oh, yes, are you, you know, ask your doctor if blah, blah, blah is right for you.
1: You Right. if it's on TV, it must be good. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what what led to the, the breakup with you and your partner?
0: Uh, as I mentioned, I had a small dog and he had a small dog and uh, we would watch each other's dogs if we were going out of town and uh, he went out of town for business supposedly. And when I went to, you know, take care of his dog, I found his travel receipts and I found the bookings for the hotel that he and his other girlfriend Mm. (laughs) were going to be staying. Mm. And it was uh, honestly, it was just, I mean, taking myself back to that moment it was devastating oh devastating i just i felt like my life without him could just not go on and oh yeah yeah and it's so comical to me all these years later because he's not somebody who i would even really want to have lunch with eh, we speak occasionally but he's just a very negative person so i can't really mm-hmm. even uh, stand to be in his presence uh which, like I said, all those years ago, I just thought that I could not live a day without him. I mean, I just didn't know how I was going to hmm. uh, to get by. Um, but but it was- just
1: just seeing the uh, the travel receipts, like, mm-hmm. did you just see? Oh, the hotel is for two people, and and that's when it started to click. Or was there something more to it?
0: Oh, there was something more to it. It was his name and her name, and ah. I had some awareness that this woman existed, but I wasn't quite sure of the nature of their relationship. And if it was romantic, and, you know, I had lots of suspicions that it was, but I probably didn't want to face those truths. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I, uh, when I saw the travel plans, and knowing that, you know, she lives in New York and he lives in Washington, D.C. And they were traveling down to Miami together. Like there was yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the, it, it became apparent and he did not try mm-hmm. to deny it either. You know, he he knew what he was doing. So.
1: Right. OK, well, that's that's interesting. So so when you you addressed it with him, you said, look, I, I see what's happening here. I see these travel receipts. And he was like, well, yeah, that's right.
0: Yep. Except I didn't really approach it that way. I um, okay. I did not approach it like, hey, I'm going to confront you and we're going to work this out. I basically just said I, you know, this is the most devastating thing anybody's ever done to me and I just I want nothing to do with you ever again and I'm going to delete your phone number and please don't ever speak to me again. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was so emotionally painful that I just didn't think that there was any way to reconcile it and um and didn't want to like at that point. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to reconcile this. If after everything that we've been through, and after all that we've been trying to invest in together, if you're still going to go and run around with other people, then I just don't even want you in my life any longer.
1: Yeah, well, it's a bit of a uh, rubbing salt in the wood, Like, hey, can you watch my dogs while I go?
0: Yes,
2: and cheat on you. <laughs>
1: right. well, that's. Right? That's pretty sad. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah yes, but uh, well, it's it's interesting because you said uh, what was going through your mind was I, I don't know how I'm going to live without this man. But mm-hmm. I, uh, then, what you end up doing is saying to him, "Look, it it is over. This this mm-hmm. cannot continue." So, mm-hmm. why do um why do you think you came at it that way if you were at once very, very unsure if you could continue living without him.
0: I think because I finally had the realization mm. that the relationship was not going to ever be what I wanted it, wanted it to be. I just, I mean, it just finally like, like the light was there. Like, this is not the person like that he's, if this person really loves you, he's not going to be running around <laughs> having you watch his dog while he cheats on you with other <laughs> people, you know? So while it was, while the the thought of, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to get by without him was there. Mm. I knew that I would, and I knew that I would rebound from that. And I've, I had known that I had had a broken heart in the past and that, you mm. know, time, time heals things. Um, so it, it made sense to me to end things. And I'm glad that I ended things. Um, because mm. it was, like I said, it was uh, a major catalyst to a major transformation. Like, mm. Like I never f- would have been able to foresee, um, and I'm so grateful for.
1: Mm, mm. We'll get get into that in a moment. I'm I'm curious sure. about the <laughs> about what was going on in inside you. Like you you have this breakup. Now you you said you were devastated. Well, I imagine mm-hmm. you feel probably desperate. Uh, you feel heartbroken, sad. Maybe you're you're grieving. All all of these, right? I, I suppose all
0: of those, all of those.
1: Yeah. And uh, underneath that, you also have this faith like, yes, I will survive. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. And then, okay, okay. So how does it lead to a deeper realization about yourself?
0: So here's what happened. I was in, So much emotional pain that, you know, emotional pain will trigger physical pain in the body. Um, I think a lot of people don't have that recognition. They'll be having back pain, for example, Mm -hmm. but they don't recognize that the back pain is happening because they're actually like undergoing some type of major psychological stress and because they're so mentally and emotionally stressed out about something that their body is physically clenching and through that physical clenching, then you wind up with back pain. So mm-hmm. they run and they take all types of, you know, medication for the the physical pain that they're enduring, not recognizing that, you know, our body, our mind, our spirit, everything is connected. There's no separation. Um, mm-hmm. So I did not know I didn't realize what was going to occur from this, but I just knew that I was having a lot of physical pain. So I went and I started uh, just some really intense self-care with massage therapy. And I started seeing an acupuncturist and told the acupuncturist, I just went through this breakup and my heart is in pieces. And I just, I'm so sick to my stomach from this. And thankfully I had an acupuncturist who was very good and um, said, I know what to do immediately. So just through wow. massage therapy and acupuncture, I then started feeling good enough to like just go walking and getting in the sun and getting some fresh air. And then the most amazing thing happened. Oh, there was one other piece. I started taking some nutritional supplements too. Okay. Um, and hold, on, hold on a second. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have this chip in your head like, oh, everything is a medical issue, you know, Western medicine, all, all, uh, allopathy. But then, in in this instant, you decide, oh, let's try acupuncture, massage therapy, nutrition. What? Why did you make that decision?
0: It was honestly just because my body was hurting. Like I knew the massage would, you know, help with any Uh kind of physical pain I was having in my, you know, in my back and uh, just the tension that I was feeling in my physical body. But mm. with the acupuncture, I know that acupuncture is very good for stress. and obviously they say like losing a relationship is one of the most stressful things that you can um, undergo. So when I went for the acupuncture, I was honestly just trying to uh, engage in some type of stress relief, some type of uh, you know physical pain relief. Um, mm. I did not recognize the profound effects that just one week, one week of those holistic remedies, would have. Hmm. I, I got to the end of the week and I was like, I can't believe how good I actually feel. I almost feel guilty. A week ago I was saying, I can't live without this guy. I can't live without him. And now I'm
1: like, <laughs> Jason Who? <laughs> <laughs> so you you never had like a you you never had a firm belief against other remedies. It was just just normally that going to a doctor was was the primary thing you would do.
0: Correct, correct. And
1: okay, fair enough.
0: Yes, correct. I mean, I had dabbled with massage before, like, you know, who hasn't had a massage here and there, but I wasn't really thinking about it as like, wow, this is going to be the thing that pulls me out of my, like, you know, deepest sorrow right this moment. And Mm. it it wasn't the massage alone that did it, of course. I think it was just the the intense personal care, like directing all of my. Hmm energy that i may have been giving to him before to myself suddenly like Mm. really investing in my own well-being
1: okay so i imagine the masseur was very skilled
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yep and the well what what was so great about the masseur
0: you know i don't know that uh anything about the massage therapy was unique um Mm. in fact if i was going to point to any of those things that i just mentioned the massage therapy the acupuncture the uh, sunlight and the movement i would actually say the nutritional supplementation Mm -hmm. was probably most critical of those four
1: yep yep okay what about it or what what did you what did you take you you went to a nutritionist or biochemist or something or what happened
0: well, interestingly enough, I started poking around. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to this breakup, I had recognized that I had a problem with alcohol. Um, I recognized mm-hmm. that I was, you know, getting off really late at night, and you know, drinking with all my coworkers, and so on and so forth. And clearly, alcohol has some ramifications. You wake up with a hangover. Yeah. You feel bad. You know. Yeah. You say something wrong, you do something embarrassing. Like we've all been there. Like it's, it's it's not a a healthy thing. My challenge Uh was any time prior to this that I had tried to quit, um, I was literally only able to make it about seven days. And at the end of seven days, I would just be such a like shaky, emotional, stressed out, like wreck Mm -hmm. that, I would just say, Oh, God, just give me a cocktail. Like, I just need a cocktail mm. to like, relax. Um, so I recognized, like, there's something wrong here. Like this is, you know, my body is addicted to this, and I need some help. Um, mm. So I started, you know, trying to, to research this and figure out ways of going about it. The first thing I did was I went to my doctor, and they gave me some kind of weird medication that didn't help. You know? mm-hmm. Um Uh, I mentioned this to you, uh, when we were speaking, I decided to, you know, investigate the 12 step programs and join Alcoholics Anonymous. And the very first meeting, the very first time I just sat there and I recognized, there's something that feels inherently wrong. There's something that feels inherently wrong about sitting here and saying, my name is Eve, and I'm an alcoholic. I just,
2: Mm.
0: I just felt like, I don't want that label. I don't want to tell myself that I'm an alcoholic. I certainly am somebody that has problems right now. But mm-hmm. this whole like needing to turn myself over to a higher power, there just felt like there was some kind of a disconnect for me there. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself uh, to do it. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I was so spiritually disconnected that even the idea of prayer or, you know, trying to connect with a higher power was so foreign to me at that point that I just, couldn't get into it. Um hmm. but that's okay because through the failed efforts with my doctor and through the failed efforts um with the uh, uh you know the 12 step program, I actually found something very very unique and different. Hmm. And what I found was a doctor who started recognizing Oh, my goodness. You know, everybody that is indulging in any type of external substance, whether it's alcohol or cocaine or marijuana or heroin, Mm -hmm. there is a neurotransmitter or one of your body's own feel good chemicals Mm -hmm. um, that has obviously fallen into deficit. And when you have a deficit, you don't feel well. Mm -hmm. But all of those external substances have the ability to plug in And sort of, you know, connect where that uh, neurotransmitter or feel-good chemical is supposed to be operating within your body. So, therefore, if you can get your body to start making its own natural feel-good chemicals again, it negates the need for the external substance. Hmm. So, when I learned this, it was really, really profound. So at the end of this, you know, breakup, when I was just in so much emotional pain, and I knew I was like, please don't pick up the bottle again, you might do something rash. (laughs) (laughs) You you might do something you regret later. Um, I instead started, you know, piecing together my own nutritional protocol. And it was pretty miraculous. It was unbelievably miraculous, actually. Um,
1: So who is this doctor?
0: So this—it's interesting because this is so many years now, and there are other doctors who have, uh, you know, expanded Mm. on this information. But you can Mm. still find this original book that I used, which is by Charles Gant,
2: okay,
0: and it's called "End Your Addiction Now." Wow! So I will tell you the next part of this. I started taking all of these supplements, and I could not believe how good I felt. I mean. I just, I was in, I was in shock. I'm like, I just went through this massive breakup. I was heartbroken and like on the floor a week ago, not, not sure how I was going to make it through another day. And here I am all bright eyed and bushy tailed and I'm up and, you know, running around the block and (laughs) jogging and like, like what is going on here? And then the need to drink alcohol, like literally just, just evaporated like it had never existed. And it was, like astounding and i kept waiting i kept thinking oh my god the other shoe is going to drop here mm-hmm. like you know it's only a matter of days before i'm going to break down and be like oh no hand me a beer or whatever mm-hmm. and day after day continued to pass and i was still working in the restaurant and i was still serving cocktails and you know opening bottles of wine and i would literally sit there and look at the cocktails that i was serving and mm. just have the realization, I want nothing to do with this. I have no desire for this. Like, it's oh. almost grossing me out. Like, how weird is this that a week ago I would have been begging for this? And now I, I'm almost like finding it kind of repulsive.
1: Mm.
0: Interesting stuff, huh?
1: Yes, very interesting. So, wh- which supplements did you take?
0: So, I'll tell you, it's a whole series of things. And the way that I like to describe it, actually, before I tell you this, let me tell Mm. you one other little tidbit. I actually started getting concerned about all the supplements I was taking. I thought, okay, this is really (laughs) weird. I'm like taking all this stuff and I'm feeling really good. But like, I mean, how the heck do I know what I'm really taking here? What if I'm actually poisoning myself? So I scheduled an appointment with the doctor. And when I went in to see him, he sat down and he looked at me and he said, what is it that you do for a living? I said, well, I'm, I'm a waitress and a bartender. And he said, you know, do you have any like you know, training in science or medicine or nutrition? And I said no, not at all. And he said, "Well, for a layperson who has absolutely no background in this, you've put together a phenomenal protocol. There's not a single oh. thing on here that I would change. Yeah, And please continue to to, to take this." <laughs> uh, this was-, was
1: this Doctor Dant that said this, or a different doctor.
0: Correct. This was Doctor wow. Dant. So. Fast forward, I'll tell you two other little details here, and then I'll tell you about the, I'll answer your question about what I was actually taking. Um, after I was on this protocol for a period of time, um, I, it started occurring to me, oh my goodness, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be getting these these nutrients, these nutrients that are in these supplements. These are actually supposed to be coming from my diet. I'm not supposed to be getting these from mm. pill bottles. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's great that my body was in deficit and I was able to use these supplements, yep. but that's the whole point. They're supposed to supplement your diet, not be the, the totality of it. Yep. So that said, I decided to go back to school and study nut- nutrition. And mm-hmm. I enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Um, which I started in 2006. And as I was graduating from that program, I contacted Dr. Gant again. And I told him what I was doing, that I was working with people, helping them to change their diet and their lifestyle. And I said, if I ever have anybody who's outside my scope, I would love to be able to refer them to you. And likewise, if you have someone that's taking nutritional supplements, but recognizes that they need to clean up their diet and their lifestyle, I would love to, you know, support your patients too. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Gant and I actually started working together. And then wow. I studied under him for another year thereafter. And I did my functional medicine training with him in 2007. Um, so when you ask the question about what supplements, like what is it actually that you need to take? Um, here's the answer that I'll give you. It's not mm-hmm. unlike baking a cake. When you're baking a cake, you need certain ingredients, you need flour, you need eggs, you need sugar, you know, if you're missing the eggs, it's not going to come out like a cake. You know? okay. um, so that said, when you're trying to rebuild specific neurotransmitters, the first thing that you need to do is recognize which tran- neurotransmitters are potentially out of balance. And mm. thankfully, if somebody has a drug addiction, oftentimes their drug of choice will you know, give shed some light on which neurotransmitter is really um, the one that's that's the most prominently out of balance. So, for example, if someone is addicted to alcohol, it's usually a serotonin deficiency that they have. If it's cocaine, it's usually dopamine. If it's uh heroin, um it's an endorphin issue. With marijuana, it's an endocannabinoid issue. And if someone's addicted to benzodiazepines, like uh, Prozo- I'm sorry, like Xanax, for example, mm-hmm. um, it's um, usually a GABA deficiency that they're suffering from.
2: Uh-huh. So,
0: with each of those, there's a very specific protocol. It's like a like a recipe for a cake. Um, with something like uh, serotonin rebuilding, there's a, a primary neurotransmitter um, called L tyrosine, and L tyrosine. I'm sorry, I just misspoke. L-tyrosine <laughs> okay. L- is for a dopamine uh deficiency.
2: Ah, okay.
0: Fair um enough. yes. Um it's L-tryptophan for serotonin. But sure. with taking L- the amino acid. Correct.
1: L like the letter L. Correct. Okay, L-tryptophan. Okay. It's so- L uh
0: the like like a capital L and then there's a hyphen.
1: Got it tryptophan
0: now that said taking l-tryptophan alone um some people just start to feel better um oftentimes Mm. though it really is the whole recipe that you need so there's certain b vitamins there's certain you know minerals uh you know, there's certain essential fatty acids, so it it really is necessary to kind of look at the big the big picture. And all of those protocols are still available in Dr. Gant's um book. Um, you can see all of the specific uh, nutritional um, supplements listed out. And I think when somebody has been uh, suffering from an addiction for a long period of time, like alcohol, for example, alcohol is devastating to the body, it really strips your body of so many nutrients and so many good minerals. So cleaning up the diet is essential. However, when somebody is so depleted, I really do believe that, you know, the nutritional supplementation acts as like, a, it's like a shot in the arm, just kind of uh, uh, gives you uh, what you've been suffering a deficit from to kind of get you back on par, then you clean up the diet and the diet should be sufficient enough to carry you forward thereafter. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's oftentimes a missing piece. You see this with people going into 12 step programs and sure they quit drinking alcohol, but then they're chain smoking cigarettes and like eating sugar, like every other minute. And their body is just so depleted that the only thing that they're, you know, it's like they're white knuckling it every day and just, you know, relying on willpower and relying Mm. on turning themselves over to a higher power. And they're still so out of balance and out of whack that they're constantly fighting the addiction. Mm. But you get the good nutrition back into their body. Their body starts making their own feel-good chemicals. You clean up their diet, their lifestyle. You start bringing in healthier environments, and like everything clicks. So it's mm. not a singular thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Though uh, it, it does make me wonder, like with the the people who are addicted to alcohol, and then they um, then they turn to cigarettes. It's like uh, it sounds like a It should be a different thing that's lacking that would lead them to cigarettes or it's just like, I don't know, they're trying to jam anything they can in to try to... Try to make themselves feel better, I suppose.
0: Yes. Well, and cigarettes are a really tricky one because they basically disrupt almost every single neurotransmitter that you have.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it's not the tobacco, it's usually the four thousand other chemicals that they put into the cigarettes that are literally like burning a hole in your soul as far as I'm like, concerned. Oh. You know, like oh, well. but uh, you know, with um With cigarettes, I would tell people, like, one of the single best things you can do is switch to, you know, just get away from the major manufacturers and see if you can find a clean source of tobacco and start, like, rolling your own cigarettes Mm -hmm. so that you're basically only dealing with a nicotine addiction at that point and not, you know, the 4,000 other chemicals in there that could be throwing your body all out of whack.
1: Yeah. When do you find a clean source of tobacco? I mean, I have seen people have, like – what do you call it mapache that comes from the Amazon, like wild mm-hmm. native uh organic tobacco?
0: yeah, it's a good question, and since I was living right outside of washington d c um Virginia is known for growing tobacco, so uh, you can still find small farmers that you know grow their own organic tobacco and they're just hmm. drying it and not treating it with all the other chemicals and and such I mean, okay. and that's a that's a stepping stone. it certainly doesn't yeah. replace uh you know quitting entirely um but it uh, can be a helpful piece on that note i'll just throw this out there in case anybody is listening and they're uh having a, an issue with uh, cigarettes um there's an amazing book by alan carr mm-hmm. called the easy way to quit smoking mm-hmm. um and it actually is only mindset work it really has nothing to do with uh the actual physical addiction, although it does somewhat, but there's no there's no nutritional supplementation. But um, there's some really profound insights in that mm-hmm. book that can literally turn your whole view of smoking upside down mm-hmm. in such a profound way that almost everybody that reads the book um, actually quits smoking. <laughs> so it's, mm. it's a good resource.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have heard that too. Like a, a lot of people say uh, how how good that book is and they just like they put down the book and they they throw out their pack of cigarettes
0: yep (laughs) actually the nice thing about the book too is you do not have to make a decision about whether or not you want to quit smoking while you're actually reading the book in fact he encourages Hmm. you smoke as much as you want while you're reading the book you know just commit to finishing it and then when you Uh actually read the very last word on the very last page then you can decide if you want to or not but up until that point you don't have to make any decisions whatsoever in fact smoke your Hmm. heart out so just get through just get through the book that's it yes yes literally (laughs) just get through the book though
1: (laughs) okay great so how did you make the decision to start studying nutrition
0: um, you know, it was, uh, it was when I had the realization that I was taking all these nutritional supplements and they were helping me so profoundly, but it was like the light bulb went off one day as I was staring at these, you know, like 20 different bottles and recognizing like, oh yes, nutritional supplementation. It's meant to supplement the diet. It's not meant it's like your income, you might have a supplemental source of income, but you're not relying on that to pay the bills. It's maybe Mm. your fund money or your savings money or whatever, you know. Mm. So when I started recognizing, um, you know, my need for getting my nutrients from real food, I kind of, you know, looked in the kitchen. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I grew up eating like, you know, macaroni and cheese, and like little Debbie <laughs> snack cakes, and like you know, <laughs>
2: like, <laughs>
0: all this chef Boyardee, like you know, stuff out of a can or a jar oh. or a box, and like it occurred to me, I really knew nothing about like how to actually nourish my body. Like, where do I get all the you know all these things that are in these bottles? What what foods do they actually come in? And like, how do I prepare those foods? And where do I find them? And you know, so it was mm. it was uh. It was an amazing experience getting to uh, go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because we study over a hundred different dietary theories with the understanding that not everybody's body is the same. So, Mm. macrobiotics or raw food diets or paleo diets or carnivore diets. You know, it was really um, an eye-opening experience. Um,
1: Right. But, oh, hold on, just to back out a bit. So, uh, were you still working in the restaurant when you made that decision?
0: Yes. Yes, I was. Um, yeah. And it was a very strange transition to like have one foot in this, like, you know, sort of like a brothel, you know? <laughs> it was, like, this, <laughs> this, this really toxic, like place where I'm like, you know, serving cocktails to like, you know, all these, you know, high level politicians and stuff are probably around the corner doing whatever, you know, who knows, I tried to mm-hmm. turn a blind eye, but like, it's very true. There's a lot of drug usage, like in those those circles mm-hmm. and things. Anyhow, um, it was definitely interesting. You know, I would uh, go up to New York to study and take the bus back down to DC. And I like literally had my feet in two different worlds at that point. Ah, um, okay,
1: so you're still work- working at the same place. I see. I was like but, a scholarship, nothing like that. You just, well,
0: something yeah. really amazing happened uh-huh. right after I graduated from school. The restaurant decided to close to do re- renovations um, for mm-hmm. a couple of months. So we were all able to you know, get unemployment for, I don't know, it was like a month or six weeks or something like that. But okay. during that period of time, um, I started advertising my services uh, as a holistic health coach. Mm -hmm. And I started getting clients and uh, the Vitamix Corporation, which I don't know if you know Vitamix, it's a high powered blender. Mm -hmm. Um, They recruited me. They said, you know, we are actually interested in having somebody with a nutrition background who can come and demonstrate our our blenders at medical conventions. And would you be interested Mm. in doing this? So it was pretty amazing that during that period of time where the restaurant closed down, I was able to start my own business and you know, simultaneously work with uh, Vitamix and it was enough Mm. to pay the bills where I was never, I never actually had to go back to the restaurant after that. So it was kind of some serendipity there.
1: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting too, because it's like, it's, it was your pro action. Like you, you, you made the decision of your own accord to go and study. Other people maybe were in a, a tough spot when that restaurant was to be renovated uh, but you had already set everything up so the magic could happen
0: yep it was pretty miraculous too
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so VitaMix is a good blender I take it
0: it's a great blender I I love my VitaMix I would not want that job any longer it was probably one of the hardest jobs that I ever had but it was also (laughs) one of the most rewarding in a strange way
1: (laughs) Uh what did you learn there
0: Well, I I say this all the time when Mm. you're suddenly on a stage where you're much higher up and you've got a crowd of like 200 medical professionals who are already there, like, you know, potentially with a chip on their shoulder because you're talking about nutrition, which is something Mm. that they know nothing about. Mm. They either stop and listen because they know that they don't know anything about nutrition, and they mm-hmm. hear you talking about it, and they see, oh wow, this is really interesting. She's making a smoothie, and she's putting kale and all kinds of things in here. Hmm, that's mm-hmm. interesting. So they either stop to listen because they're skeptical and they want to sort of like you know pick a, pick at what you're saying, or they stop. Because they recognize, wow, she really has some interesting information here that I really don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. But that experience, I will tell you what, it took my public speaking skills to a level that I would never have achieved, I think, without it in in the period of time. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have gone to Toastmasters, it might have taken me five, 10 years. But the 18 months that I was working with Vitamix, and suddenly on all these stages in front of hundreds of like doctors and things like your mm-hmm. your yes i mean like your public speaking skills just go through the roof but my level of confidence my ability to oh, yes. you know speak with passion about something that i believed in and something that i felt knowledgeable about and felt like i could defend any of these you know incoming uh, uh harsh comments that might uh you know come it wow. it was a a very very interesting experience and something that i really do feel was divinely guided
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> why Why do you feel it's divinely guided?
0: Because I knew that my role um, in the world was to get this information out and to share with people um, about uh-huh. natural health. Um, and you can't do that if you're going to be sitting home playing small and, you know, not feeling comfortable about sharing your message. So, like I said, when you're suddenly thrust onto a stage with a microphone where you're like in front of hundreds of people, like you better get a backbone in a hurry, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's, that's amazing. Well, okay. What is the... What is the feeling of being divinely guided? Like, like, is it a little like a, a little whisper coming from your heart or, or is it like a feeling a feeling of like glowing or shining or, or what is it?
0: For me, and I think some people can probably relate to this, I always have this profound sense of of knowing, like the same Mm. way that I know that my name is Eve, the same way that I know that my shoes are black, you know, like whatever it is, Mm. just knowing like, oh, I know I'm meant to do this right now. And uh, going to school, for example, at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, um, I just knew, I just knew I was supposed to go there. I just knew it. I just, you know, like every ounce of my being said, yep, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to do this right now. Um, mm. It's the same thing with Vitamix. Like I knew I was meant to do that, and I've had a couple of other experiences in, in my life where I have had that same uh, knowing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to tap into that. So it's not like I mean it, it's it's not like you you would feel that knowing exactly in your body or even perhaps in your mind because it's it's runs so deep
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it's it's beyond an assumption.
0: Correct. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard other people describe it as like a gut feeling, like you just know it mm. in your gut. And like, I like that terminology, because like, your gut does feel so rooted in like, you know, the the middle of your being, you know what I mean? Like, mm. your gut is like, it's just sort of this, like, deep uh, place within you. So when people talk about like, oh, I just knew it in my gut, like, I, I can relate to that, too. It's, it's some mm. sort of deep understanding. There's It's kind Mm. of hard to put it into words, but it is, it is an understanding. Like I understand that I'm meant to do this. I just, I know that I should drink a glass of water right now because I'm coughing and I'm dehydrated. I know I'm meant to do, you know, it's, it's that type Mm. of very clear, just a very clear, yep. I'm supposed to do this.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Great. How often were you doing public speaking? Like, like it's like five, six times a a week or something like that.
0: Mm. Oh gosh. When we, so funny enough, when I started Vitamix, I actually recruited a bunch of my other girlfriends. So we were kind of doing it together, um, which was very cool because a lot of us then went on to, again, have these roles where we've been doing public speaking in other regards. But with Vitamix, I told you it was probably the most challenging job I've ever had in my life. It was not a joke. We would sometimes have to get up at six or seven in the morning to go to the grocery store and buy, you know, hundreds of pounds of vegetables. Wow. And it was, so we'd go to the grocery store, have all these vegetables, we'd show up, the convention would start at eight in the morning, and sometimes not end until 10 o'clock at night. Wow. And we would literally be on stage, and, you know, you take little breaks here and there. But it was not uncommon that we would actually be on the stage for, you know, 12, 13 hours uh, a day. Whoa.
1: Okay, and- I was kind of imagining maybe, <laughs> maybe you present at the conference for for an hour or half an hour, and then you have a stand there. But no, you're on stage all, all the all the time.
0: Correct, and thankfully <laughs> these medical these medical conventions would only run for like two or three days. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was young enough at this point; I was like 33. I'll say hmm. that I still had tremendous amounts of energy, and you know. Yeah, that would be especially almost, with
1: all your nutrition in place.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. I would not do that to save my life these days. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, are you joking? Like, it's just – it's a little ridiculous when you think about it. It's a very, very long time to be with, hooked up to a microphone on a stage, like, you know. Yeah. Ah. But, yeah, uh, yeah that, that was not a long period of time in my life. Um, and it just – it prepared me for so much after that. Like, there's – like, when you asked me to do this podcast, it was not uh, – You know, it was not something, like, far from what I've been doing for, you know, over a decade now, you know, being interviewed. So, yeah, speaking for an hour or two is not a big deal.
1: Right. Yeah. What was it like the first time you got on stage for Vitamix?
0: Oh, my goodness. I was, uh, I thought, what am I doing here? Like, they hadn't actually given me a script. So, I was literally, like, trying to remember, like, watching somebody else do, oh, you know. Great, we're going to put in our strawberries, we're going to put in our rhubarb and da da da. This has this vitamin and da 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 like so you know it's somewhat scripted but yeah. I didn't have a script so I just had to kind of like channel. So I was just up there talking about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it came very naturally uh to me. I didn't feel a lot of hesitation, um, and I feel grateful for that because I know for a lot of people it's terrifying. Like they, yes. they say that public speaking is one of the worst things ever, but yes. I felt pretty I felt pretty comfortable, thankfully.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Jump right in there.
0: I <laughs> uh, sure did. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, what was it you you would say about your public speaking skills that improved? Like, what would what would be the key? principles or, or techniques?
0: I think that um, I don't know that this will be valuable to other people, but for me, and this is how I teach my classes now,
2: hmm.
0: I always go in with a couple of bullet points. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you have like a general idea of where you're going, but mm-hmm. there's so much where I just allow myself to channel. I mean, I don't think there's any other mm-hmm. way to, to say it where you're just, kind of open to whatever questions are coming up and you're open Mm -hmm. to um, just allowing the conversation to be guided uh, naturally, however it's going to go. So Mm -hmm. that's oftentimes how I teach my classes too. Like I might want to share a testimonial here. I might want to share, oh, and you know, the other day I just saw this in an article as a matter of fact, blah, 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 you know, like whatever Mm it it just works for me not to be totally scripted. And I know for some people that's not their way of, you know, teaching at all. It needs to be very scripted and they need to kind of go through and read. And yes. So that's not me though.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I I think it is a question about levels. Like, like a lot of the time when uh, I started doing videos, I benefited from having a script and being like practicing it a lot. Maybe I didn't stick to the script entirely. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, a little, a little room for improvisation or, you know, some something spontaneous comes out in the moment. That's great. But then later as I as got uh, more and more comfortable, it's like, okay, I just have one or two ideas and then I go with it and see what comes yes. out. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it's like the better, the, the more you learn, the more you get comfortable, the, the more you can do that kind of channeling that you're describing.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you fully
1: hmm Yeah, cool. All right. So <laughs> I get I guess that's the story the whole arc there like uh going from uh being somewhat addicted to alcohol and ha- having this unhealthy lifestyle and then going to a point where you're <laughs> you're actually teaching people about health just a few years later which is pretty amazing.
0: Yes, but then yeah. there was part 2. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then my great. life changed completely again thereafter. And again. I think it's relevant. I'll I'll mention this because I, I do think it's really, um, kind of an important piece. Um, yeah. everything was going great. I was, uh, you know, I, I had moved on from Vitamix actually, and, uh, partnered with an integrative, it's actually the largest integrative medical and biological dentistry center in Washington, DC, which is where I'm from. Mm. And, uh, You know, I put the nutrition team together there and brought in a few of my other fellow graduates. And we were really, uh, you know, just enjoying our time there. We're educating the patients and people were really, uh, um, I think, getting a lot of benefit from our classes. And then after my daughter was born, which was 2010, Mm -hmm. she and I, when she was about seven months old, we got into a major car accident Um, and it was really devastating. And it was actually like the very first time that I recognized that I couldn't get myself better with just food, you know, with just nutritional supplements and just food (laughs) alone. And, um, it was another like major life crisis at this point and things were pretty bad for a while. Um, it wasn't just the physical, uh, I think challenges that resulted from the accident. It's a lot of PTSD and, you know, I had this new infant, I'm a new mother, and I'm, I was in it. So I'd been in Florida visiting my parents and suddenly realized I wasn't well enough to take care of myself. And again, it was through, you know, lots of searching, and it took some time to figure it out. But this is what actually opened the door to natural medicine for me. So mm-hmm. I love my nutritional supplements. Um, and they have a role. Um, But I think that there's some really amazing alternative therapies that are available to people um, in a situation not unlike mine. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was having so much pain from the car accident, this is when I uh, started using uh, actually therapeutic grade essential oils. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to me because the oils pulled me out of that difficult place. But I was still working with my nutritional clients at this point. So when I started incorporating the essential oils into my protocols with them and into their, you know, um, uh, their healing journey with me, Mm -hmm. it was astounding because I recognized I could get my clients so much further, so much faster with the essential oils than Mm -hmm. with just the diet and lifestyle changes alone. So that's actually what I've been doing primarily since 2013 now. So not quite a decade, um, coming coming up on it but uh it has been just one of the most magical like experiences ever um Mm -hmm. and i'm so grateful for my background in nutrition and um yeah i'm so grateful for that journey but uh obviously i've dedicated my life to something else now um Mm -hmm. because i've just found it to be so uh profound and the healing potential
1: Mm. Can you give an example of a case where you started to treat it with essential oils, and and you were amazed at how how well it was working?
0: Absolutely. So, for example, um, we did not we did not discuss this, but we talked a little bit about serotonin with. Uh, mm-hmm alcohol issues serotonin is you know your feel-good hormone that allows you to experience joy and pleasure and happiness in life but serotonin converts to melatonin and melatonin is what allows you to sleep peacefully throughout uh, the course of the night so if somebody Mm -hmm. is deficient in serotonin um, they oftentimes are not going to be producing enough melatonin and they're gonna have a lot of like insomnia issues and sleep disorders Um, Additionally, if somebody is in pain, let's say they've thrown their knee out and their knee is keeping them up at night, that might be a, a source of insomnia. So they have enough serotonin, but the pain is keeping them up. So just as a quick example, there's certain essential oils that we can use to help repair damaged serotonin receptors. Wild orange is an amazing example of that. Um, Wild orange will boost your serotonin levels. It heals the serotonin receptors. And then there's other essential oils that we can use to really help get the body relaxed. Um, Because again, if you're just so stressed out that you can't sleep because you have racing thoughts or whatever else, the, the oils can really help to mitigate that. Um, mm-hmm. Additionally, if there's pain, like I just mentioned, like if you've thrown your knee out and the knee's not healing, you know, uh, uh, rapidly enough, um, using certain essential oils to help mitigate the pain while the healing is taking place. Now, now you can sleep because you're out of pain. So again, essential oils c- can just be really, really profound in the the healing properties that they offer.
1: Mm. So, if, when you had an early patient with with essential oils. Um, uh what kind of well, what was your reaction? Like you you saw these profound changes and you were like, whoa, it's you know, it's amazing. Or what yeah. happened? Yeah.
0: You know, I think it's so individual to to each um client. Mm-hmm. And um one of the uh with working with essential oils, like one of the foundational things that I do, I'm all I've always been looking for like a good foundational nutritional supplement just to Because even when people are eating the most pristine organic diets these days, like we're just not getting the nutrients that we need, our soils have been so depleted, and we're, you Mm. know, so heavily sprayed with pesticides that the body is working overtime to detoxify. So Mm. when I can bring in a good foundational nutritional supplement, um, that's the basis of things. So that alone, the one that I use now actually has essential oils in it. So people are actually taking them internally um but there's a very basic protocol that i almost use with almost everybody um the 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 key thing when someone gets out of the shower in the morning, I have them use an essential oil blend called Balance. And Balance is, as the name implies, it's uh, it's there to help bring your body into balance. So it can help mitigate uh, cortisol levels. If somebody's really stressed out, um, I'm sure you've heard stress is the number one killer. But it's not a joke. It's <laughs> not just a cliche. You know, like when you're chronically stressed out. Your body is just burning through like all of your reserves. So when mm-hmm. we can get that stress mitigated, and even if you don't feel like stressed out like on the surface, um, just you know there's indicators in, in your life that your body is you know just under under too much uh, you know stress. Mm-hmm. So when we can mitigate those cortisol levels, and it's as simple as putting a couple drops of essential oil on the bottoms of your feet. Mm-hmm. Now the reason why we do the bottoms of the feet, you've got all of your acupressure. Um, um, acupuncture pressure points on the bottom of your feet, so the oils will, you know, hit all of those meridians. But it's also a delivery system where it's going to uh, basically act um, um, in a uh, systemic manner. So it'll basically be addressing the entire body as opposed to just a localized thing, like like rubbing the the oil into your knee when your knee is hurting. Um, mm-hmm. The bottoms of the feet will again deliver it to the entire system.
1: Okay, that's really interesting. Well, it's uh, uh, there's also like those, um, those home remedies, like where people put onions or garlic on the bottom of their feet. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just similar. Similar.
0: That's that's exactly right. Similar principle.
1: Hmm. Okay, fascinating. All right. So is is there something you you want to promote like you want to promote uh your your business selling essential oils or your yeah, uh, sure. or people can get in contact with you as a sure as a essential oils coach. Yeah.
0: Sure, sure. So there's um if if anybody ever wants to speak with me, absolutely, they're welcome to reach out and we can schedule a consultation and I can listen to their uh, situation. It's 15 minutes, I don't even charge for that. Like, I'm just happy to listen oh. to your situation and, you know, make some recommendations. Um, but that said, I also routinely um, teach what I call essential oils 101. It's just a very basic introductory class that teaches people like, you know, what are essential oils? Where do they come from? How do you use it? You know which ones are, you know, kind of important to have on hand. And, you know, I keep, I kind of steer people to the basics. Like if you eat something bad, you don't want to wind up with food poisoning. Take this one for, you know, anything that's going on digestively, or if you're having sleep issues, here's this one. Or if you have, uh, you pull your back out moving, like here's this one to use on your pain. So yes, the, the essential oils 101 class will give people a very, very good introduction on what oils are, how to use them, what are the most common ones that you'd want to keep in your medicine cabinet. And again, there's no, there's no cost for that as well, too. So happy to have uh, so it's my primary mission, you know, to, to let people know that these alternative medicines like exist, and that they're not just good for when you have an issue, like back pain, or oh I ate something bad. But there's ways that you can mm. use them on a regular basis, like I said, to mitigate your stress or know to help you focus a little bit more when you need to work or when you need to wind down and go to sleep at night and you're so wound up like there's so many applications for them and we say that like we say there's an oil for everything but there really is
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it makes sense nature is so abundant and yeah so so many secret medicines hidden in nature so true so true yeah yeah so, how can people get into contact with you for that consultation or for that uh, introductory course?
0: Yeah. So, they'll just visit my website, which is yep. vivaaroma.com.
1: <laughs> Viva Aroma. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was interesting. You said to me the other day, like a, a lot of essential oils are diluted or they have uh, like they're adulterated in some way. And when I got home, I'm like spraying this, this, <laughs> this stuff around that i bought or sniff- sniffing this this blend uh <laughs> and i'm thinking oh am i smelling something that's a little bit artificial I st- i'm still not sure <laughs> right.
0: right right and actually it's a very very import- important point um and i like to to speak to this because So many of the essential oils, I mean, upwards of like 80% that are on the market have been adulterated in some way. They're either not totally pure, um, there's some Mm -hmm. sort of chemicals, there's some type of additives, oftentimes there's middlemen that will, you know, you know, connect with a harvester, connect with a grower, but then they dilute it or they cut it with something else to increase their profits. And unfortunately, mm. when you're doing that, it literally takes away any type of medicinal benefit that the oil may have had and mm. it can become toxic. Um, mm. If they're putting in some type of perfumes or fragrance or some type of chemicals to make the oil smell better, um, unfortunately, that's then very unsafe to be taking internally and you can do more harm to your body than good. So I think for a lot of people, when they're buying essential oils at their health food store or whatever, they're thinking, oh, this is wonderful. This is absolutely pure. And then they're not getting any benefit from it and they don't understand why. And then they think, oh, essential oils are just hokey. Oh, they're just you know, they're just superficial. They're just, you know, good uh, smelling things, but they don't really do anything. Mm. Um, so it's absolutely critical that you get completely pure, um, essential oils. So thank you for, for mentioning that. And Mm. I will tell you the brand that I work with, which is doTERRA. I have absolutely full confidence in, um, not only the purity, but the fact that we're extracting the oils from plants that are growing in their indigenous environments, so they really have the highest uh, constituents of uh, phytochemicals or plant chemicals. So that mm-hmm. we know that we're going to have something that's effective, not just pure, but also effective.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, the other thing, I, I guess, uh, you mentioned this before we started. Like when <laughs> when people do have the the need for medication or the, dis- the strong desire for medication, like you had. They don't ask themselves, oh, how am I out of balance? They don't, they don't. Um, well, a lot of people will just outsource the thinking to their doctor. And that's not necessarily a good idea, especially with the way doctors are these days. Do you have any more comments about that?
0: Yes, yes, actually. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, I feel so grateful that, again, I recognized that I needed to work on my nutrition only because I was taking all these nutritional supplements. But still, even at that point, it didn't occur to me that the 14 different medications that I was on were, you know, there was something wrong with that. It Mm. wasn't until I got into nutrition school, and I really started to, you know, recognize how the body nourish, you know, I'm sorry, the foods that we're eating nourish our body, um, that the light bulb started going off. Oh, my goodness, you know, like, uh, maybe, maybe my allergies. It's not that I need to be taking Claritin. It's that I need to clean up my immune response so that I'm not sneezing from all these things <laughs> in the environment. Mm. Hmm. It was a really really eye-opening experience and it was over the course of the year that I was at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition that I was able to take myself off of all of those medications and I'd like to add I have never had to go back on any one of those 14 medications again ever not even once you know. So wow. yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty profound. Um what what you can do when you really start to understand the body and you know the need to uh get back into to balance. Um, There's one other important piece that I'll mention in this too. I did not really realize what kind of an effect all of those 14 different medications were having on me. Yes, I recognized that they were mitigating the symptoms of all the, you know, ailments that I was having. But I will tell you, my level of consciousness went through the roof once I got myself off of all of those. They're very toxic. Uh And you know, they, they have an effect on our awareness. They have an effect on the way that we see the world. Um, hmm. you know, it's like all these chemicals that run through your system. Um, anybody that's ever been in love, like you realize, like when you're producing all of those feel good hormones from being in love, like your outlook on life just tends to perk up a little bit. Like things don't Mm. like seem so bad, right? It's not Mm. just because you have this partner in your life. It's because you have all these chemicals that are running through your body, making you feel good too. Mm. So by getting all of these toxic things out of my system and also getting all the toxins out of my diet like i was still like drinking coke every day or pepsi or whatever else you know and like mm-hmm. you know eating garbage from like gas stations you know like i don't even, i can't even tell you my diet was so horrendous prior to this <laughs> so, gosh like you start getting good nutrition in and all of a sudden like you know, everything starts to shift. So like my level of consciousness went through the roof and that's when I really started to see the world through different eyes. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just about the medical model. The medical model led me to start questioning our government and our education system and our legal Mm -hmm. system and et cetera, et cetera. It was was really a profound awakening.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I I like, uh, you probably know this book, it's called, you Can Heal Your Life by uh, Louise Hay. Louise Hay, yes. Yeah, yeah. And towards the end of the book, she starts saying, like, you you can start making a change in all of these areas, like the spiritual aspect or the nutritional aspect, um, getting exercise. And, and she's like, any one of these, if you begin, it will begin, you know, you'll begin to change the others as well. So it's, it's wonderful. Um, we have so many... Doorways in order to increase our consciousness.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, one other piece that I'll touch on with that too, mm-hmm. and this was um, kind of a core principle of uh, Joshua Rosenthal, who is the founder of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. He began to recognize he was actually a, a counselor. He was, you know, helping people with you know mental health disorders. And he started realizing, like, you know, some people get better and some people don't. And what's the connection here? And he did begin to Mm -hmm. recognize the nutrition component and, Mm -hmm. you know, helping people to, uh, again, get adequate nutrition so that their brain can work properly. When your Mm -hmm. brain is, when the actual organ itself is working properly, the quality Mm -hmm. of your thoughts begins to change. The quality of your emotions begins to change. But he started recognizing, too, like... And this is like I said, a core principle We have what we call primary nutrition and secondary nutrition and our okay. secondary nutrition is actually what comes on our dinner plate. Um, it's the primary nutrition that really is uh, you know vacant in most of our lives and this is you know having, healthy and supportive relationships, getting enough mm. good physical exercise, getting in the sun, drinking enough water, and mm. you know, spending your days like doing something that's meaningful to you. So many people mm. go to these nine to five jobs where it's just like crushing their soul. Like they they hate where they work. They can't stand their coworkers. They don't feel in alignment with the work that they're doing. And they're disconnected from, oh yes, how I spend my, you know, hours during my day at my job is really you know how i'm spending my life here and Mm -hmm. you know your your soul probably has some other purpose if you're that unhappy with your job and it can be really scary to take that leap and say i think i'm going to try something different because obviously our livelihood is connected to our job Mm -hmm. um but my goodness like it it was such a profound thing for me when I started counseling people, we start cleaning up their diet and then all of a sudden like the light bulb is going off. Oh my (laughs) God, I'm in this horrible, abusive relationship. Oh my God, my job is awful. Like, Oh geez, I'm living in this rat infested apartment or whatever it is. You know, it's just like, you know, it was, uh, it was eye-opening to see the big picture and the big connection with, with all of those pieces. So yes, I, I agree with you. I think those other pieces are important in terms of uh, facilitating an awakening.
1: Mm, yeah, that's great. All right, fantastic. Well, I'm I'm about out of questions. Is there anything else you want to mention?
0: No, I think we covered so much. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. This is wonderful yeah, to, the- to be able to speak to you and your audience.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome to have you. Thank you so much, Eve.
0: Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure.
1: A beautiful thought. I think it's important to reiterate how much a person's life can change when they start moving forward in one aspect of their life. Just as I mentioned in Louise Hayes book, You Can Heal Your Life, in that book, Louise says that What happens with a lot of people, once they begin to address one part of their life, like their bodily health or their their spirituality or another aspect, they then go on, they use it as a doorway to change the other aspects of your life. So you can see there how that happened with Eve. She began to change her nutrition and that led her to grow in her eating habits, her other bodily habits, leave behind alcohol as a problematic um, substance for her and went on to improve her her career and then improve her confidence and her financial situation and all, all of these things and even began to become more of a leader for others and showing others how to improve their health and their financial situation so that's the fascinating thing we can all begin to change our lives we don't have to get everything correct all at once but if we start taking action even as james clear says in atomic habits talks about what is the smallest action that you could begin doing perhaps if you're going to become a runner. You begin by putting on your running shoes every day. (laughs) And then after a few days, you'll say, well, if I'm going to be putting on my running shoes, I may as well go out and sprint 100, 200 meters or something like that. And this changes your life quite quickly. Well, maybe it's not so quickly. Maybe it's over the course of years, but it will change your life if you stick at a habit, even a small one begin to transform every element of your life because as uh well i'm paraphrasing a bit here but don miguel ruiz talks about in his book the four agreements the way we do one thing is the way we do everything so when we can begin to transform one aspect of our lives we bring we begin to bring consciousness into that aspect of our lives and then that begins to transform the other aspects of our lives as well. Pretty pretty amazing uh, how life works. So remember you can check out Eve's website vivaaroma.com and you can get a free consultation from her talking about those essential oils and how those can help with your health and if you would like some, some help with your beliefs, or lo- looking at your life in a different light, um, begin to change your your life by looking uh, looking at your own mind, examining your own beliefs, and then taking action with some new beliefs uh, that might help you move forward in a, on a different path in your life, you can head on over to beautifulpodcast.com, use the coupon code beautiful2021, and you'll get Fifty percent off your first coaching session, and most importantly, have a wonderful day.
2: Ain't a girl, don't mind your girl. 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 Ain't a I'm so